Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I'm joined today by two special guests for the first time in a long time, fly fishing extraordinaires and the founders of the Summit Cheese Competition and also Farah GB. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today, uh, Sydney and Declan. Thanks for having us, Trees. Honored to be the fly fishing extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. and, and for the people, for the people, the, the voice I just spoke is... Sydney. There you go. And this voice is Declan. And yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a compliment I wasn't expecting. But he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't seen us do it, of course. So. No, no, no. Just just <laughs> from what you've told me. I just assume that you're <laughs> extraordinaires. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, guys. It's Thanks great. for having us. Yeah, of course. Um, so let's just jump. No pleasantries. This is a, this is a strict business podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the two topics of trees and nylon, as we always do. And we're going to work through a past, present, and future progression of both of those topics. So my first question for both of you, and hopefully you've decided on who's going to answer, or or maybe or maybe you haven't. I'm, yeah, this guy's good. Okay, cool. Um, would you like to talk about trees or nylon first? We actually haven't made a decision on this mm. um, because deep down we probably want to talk about trees a lot, uh, but... Mm -hmm. uh, nylons uh considering we both run a fashion brand is probably <laughs> quite important so i reckon let's start with nylon start with nylon awesome we can waffle about trees till the sun goes down <laughs> sweet yeah that's good you can establish a little bit of ethos now get some credibility out there um <laughs> so yeah tell me i guess start off with a little bit about fairy gb do a little bit of promo you have your note cards out i see so you can go ahead and just read those off <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? This is all. This is all logged. The elevator pitch is. Uh, yeah, is, yeah. Well, we um, yeah, we launched um, Ferra last year, but about this time last year, we're just coming up to our first our first birthday, and um, yeah, we've been making rugged uh, outdoor kit for um, those who want to seek their wild. There's the um. There's the, uh, the the pitch, but um, yeah, we've been doing that for a year now, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's really exciting. We've learned a huge amount, um, made plenty of mistakes, but also made lots of things we're we're very proud of, and um, yeah, we're, we're we're just pushing on now. To 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 give some background, what why we've learned why we've learned from so many mistakes is neither of us had any background in fashion. Mm. We came, we came at this. Um, from the trees angle big time mm. uh, but we both Honorable. ran a, we ran a, a adventure travel company which um was always based in the uk but we did it always had like a little food focus so we might take people up to scotland take them mm. scuba diving for scallops and then uh, get a chef on the beach to cook them the scallops afterwards um and we got some we got some good tales and, and some good anecdotes from that but that we launched that 2018 and then along came uh, our friend and yours, uh, COVID. Uh, and yes. Stopped all travel. So Deck and I were just um, sitting on our thumbs. It got us thinking. And uh, while we were doing all these adventures, we just realized the clothing we wanted to wear, which didn't mm -hmm. need to necessarily be, you know, super technical, um, repellent everything gear. It could you know, 
had those more natural fabrics and, and a bit of more of a workwear rugged vibe uh just wasn't around in the UK so during lockdown we got our heads together and uh Ferrer was born beautiful beautiful silver lining to covid silver lining being that in the trees and nylon podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah we can taste to that exactly yeah. it, it definitely you know with that, that is the funny well funny weird thing is without covid you know who knows if if we would have ever had the like headspace and time to have have gone for it and um anyway as you say it's a it's a silver lining mm-hmm. exactly exactly um so you said you kind of came at it from a trees angle, but were you guys interested in fashion like previously? Like, were you fit gods? Were you just tech wear enthusiasts? Anything like that? What, what spawned uh, the idea to make clothing? Well, I, in terms of, you know, the, the history of Declan's fashion, I think it's gone through um, a bit of a roller coaster ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Many different roots well, definitely when I was in when I was sort of 20 early 20s I was I was big into the technical stuff but quite often they might have been more sort of retro vintage pieces mm. and now um, you're 72 which is really impressive yeah yeah which is really cool man <laughs> meanwhile my mom meanwhile my mom dressed me until about the age of 28 uh-huh. and you're 29 yeah <laughs> sweet um, but 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 like truthfully being like outdoors men from you know childhood clothing mm-hmm. has been really important because you know if you want to be outside all the time you better be comfortable and you better you better have stuff that means you can get on with what you want to do whether that's walking whether that's cooking whether that's fishing you know riding a motorbike it doesn't matter um but from the sort of style side of things I think I can speak for both of us here and it's uh, nice we're talking to you trees we've mm. we've both been big fans of um the style that's come from across the pond where you are um and uh uh you know it, it, that rugged that rugged style you know the style that the likes of Filson have have pushed for mm. 140 years or whatever yeah you know we love it and and there are a few brands in the UK that have done that well, and you know, we were both brought up in in barber jackets, um, and I I can guarantee I never had a new one from a big family, <laughs> uh-huh. from a big family, and uh, you know, sometimes they were my brothers, sometimes they were my brother's friends. Um, if they ended up on the coat rack, uh, they probably weren't being sent back. Um, and uh, yeah, so a, a great appreciation for things like things like that wax cottons these these tough but natural fabrics mm-hmm. um that uh you know well they've worked for hundreds of years they might not be quite as efficient and as light as some of this incredible stuff that's out there now which definitely has a place and i definitely own but um i always tend to go back and return to that kind of more rugged that more rugged look and more rugged style and and that's what we um that's what we really want to do with Farah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Filson's, you know, in our eyes is the is the OG. Um we just it's just they just nail it. They got that rugged vibe going on. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that from looking at, you know, the comparing the product websites, you know, obviously not the same, but 
definitely that vibe of even the design, the logos that are used, the font that's used, you get that like, it's not like old Americana kind of maybe not like Vizem or Capital or anything like that. It, it has its own special place. I would say maybe it's like Pacific Northwest type ruggedness of like all the flannels and the Sherpas, that color scheme, the like the rugged, like lumberjack type clothing, you know? Yeah, the sort yeah. of high vibe. The thing it, is, it's it, it, the only, uh, I've just interrupted that, but we might be saying the same thing is we love Farrah. The, uh, sorry, well, we love Farrah a lot, but we love Filson <laughs> as well. But uh, the only thing about Filson is they're, they're probably, I don't want to diss Filson on a podcast. No, you can. That's totally fine. They're, they're not going to hear it. They're, probably, uh, they're quite serious. You know, what with Farrah, we try and bring um, a lot of fun to it. And mm. and we're trying to capture what's what makes British so unique and and mm. and that humour behind that. Yeah. And what you said there, trees about like the sort of Pacific Northwest, it you know it might not be quite quite as dramatic here, but particularly where Sid and I have spent a lot of our time up on the west coast of Scotland, um, you know, mm-hmm. summer holidays there, doing all sorts of different things, but also with our previous business, we spent a lot of time up there you've got similar requirements it's damp it can be windy it can be stormy um you're doing lots of the similar kind of activities and and you talking about americana there we we're huge fans of it and when we were developing the brand early on we we looked down that route pretty hard but as sid said what we realized was well yeah Americana's Americana. That's been that's built up over over centuries, probably mm. of, of style of of um, yeah of, of innovation and clothing design. And while we like that, and while we definitely want to nod to it um, with our collections and with our brand, uh, we want to try and make our own way. Uh, and as Sid said, there's so much uniqueness about the outdoors and, and and the countryside in Britain. And we want to celebrate that. And, um, and you know, it, we, we think we can have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, you know, being being overly worthy about the outdoors is a trap that we're, we, we do not want to fall into. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, Sid, if you want to talk a little bit about your your style progression if we are going to say we're on the nylon section if you just want to let the let the viewers know what were you dressing like uh pre pre pre-fera days yeah pre-fera days god i don't want to look back no um (laughs) well what 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 i should probably say uh is deck and i um have known each other since we were four years old Mm -hmm. we met in the playground um walking around talking nonsense uh and still talking nonsense now but uh so i'm not too dissimilar from that really we both grew up on farms in wiltshire um and when my mum did finally stop dressing me just love 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 filson love um i like i i'm quite a fan of work where it probably comes through in in uh in Ferrer quite a lot but again to name a big brand carhartt Mm-hmm. Stone boots are a new favorite. Nice. Uh, Deck has been repping those long before me. Um, big, m- my real love at the moment. I saw an interesting post actually, which saying it is at the new Patagonia, but it's Grumichi. Mm, yeah. I 
I look at all of their stuff and I wish we came up with it. <laughs> Uh, uh, and so in a, in a couple of years' time, we'll we'll make a, a dodgy copy of it. That's good. Yeah. Let them know now. What we should have done is we should have done each other's style progression there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a little go for Sid here. Um, most of the time uh, of our childhood, I knew him. He was in school uniform, so that's probably pretty um, hard to go. But at least, at least in the last 10 years, it's been a sort of development from you know, informal but very well-made clothing from all over the world. Lots of kind of uh, good, relaxed cotton sort of work jacket, work chore jackets, that kind of thing. Always good jeans. Loves his Stan Smith trainers. Um, and, I'd, and I'd suggest that has that is just that is just slowly but surely developed into what has become still informal but well put together but but probably more rugged as we've gone mm. deeper into the fairer um universe, I'm, uh, I'm, universe. I'm, I'm in a rock and a hard place because dex wisely living in the countryside but i'm in london mm. so I'm, I'm torn i can't dress up like i'm about to go climb a, a mountain every day um, you are you can that's what the that's what the kids do i, I mean they're mostly in manchester right, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should pioneer that. And Sid, yeah. what about all the bouldering? What about all that bouldering we were doing? You literally true. could go and climb. You could go and climb a wall. True, 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 true. Maybe I eat my words then. I'd suggest, I'd suggest the bouldering was where we came up with some of our best ideas. Really? Yeah, we used to have a little ritual um, trees. Uh, twice a week, was it, Derek? We, we would go um, 7.30 in the morning and go bouldering together. And... Wow. Um, and while we were clinging on for dear life at the top of the wall, we'd we somehow create a brainwave and come up with with the next big idea. That's beautiful. I really like that. I especially because you know when you're when you're bouldering, you get in the mind working a little bit. You're you're challenging your uh, your thought process and also your strength. Good stuff. I like that. Are you a boulderer? I have just recently gotten into it. I just bought a pair of um, tarantulaces. And I got the uh, Greater Goods Field Mag chalk bag available at uh, Field Mag Shop. I don't know what the URL is, but really good. Support the boy, Jameis. And um, yeah, it's a, it's one of the big chalk buckets, but it's super nice. And there's just a gym that does free college nights. And so I bring in my student ID, even though I'm not technically in college, I'm still like at the college. Um, so I bring in my student ID and I just climb there. And I've like got all of my friends, my fiance and everyone to go and they've all enjoyed it. So I'm just trying to get a crew so I never have to go alone. Yeah. Um, just one person has to go with me. That's all that really matters. I mean, I'll go alone if I have to, but I'd prefer not to. I actually but, did. I've recently, I've been venturing out by myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I am the guy when you're halfway up on quite yeah. a difficult one, and I decide I want to become your friend and start chatting to you while you're while you're mid <laughs> sort of contorted on the wall. So, uh, yet to make any friends, yeah. but no, no, sure. that's okay. You'll you'll do that eventually. The gym I go to is very small, and so there's just like a few regulars that have seen me there a few times, and so if they see me struggling, they say, "Oh, you know what? You could like maybe put your foot up there next time." Or after I've fallen for the twelfth time, they're like. Hey, by the way, this is like called flagging. You should probably learn how to do that. And I was like, oh, sweet. Thanks. So yeah. the, I've, I've been lucky that people have approached me because I'm not good enough to approach anyone else yet. <laughs> yeah. It is good vibes though. It, it, it's uh -huh. the, it, you're never going to get, um, you're never going to get a bad egg there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I haven't, I mean, I haven't met that many people, but I haven't met anyone bad yet. So. Yeah. It, and slight change, but I was just thinking about what I was just thinking as we're on nylon about mm-hmm. how people dress um, when they're bouldering. Our local bouldering place, people would dress pretty well. Yeah. And plenty mm-hmm. of nylon. So I think we, we looked a bit, I think the listeners obviously can't see us, but we're not, <laughs> we're not wearing much nylon as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing with, you know, to segue back to, to making clothes. And when that's we good. started, when we started this, we were quite kind of <clears throat> intent on the idea that, you know, this is going to be all like, natural fibers and and, mm. and everything else and, and we're really into that and and there's so many natural fibers that technical might be the wrong word because they're not necessarily man man-made but you know you just you just got to look at what people are doing with wool now um mm. and merino is a hundred percent being used as a technical fabric and it is naturally it is so good it's warm even when it gets wet it keeps you warm uh it's you know, it's much easier to repair than um, than like something that's sort of sheet-like, if you see what I mean. Something that's like very tightly woven. Um, but that said, I own plenty of nylon products, and if you want to, <laughs> and if you want to keep really dry, or if you're on, if you're skiing, or or <laughs> something like that, it's not just good to have; it's actually necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. All this innovation in fabric is is uh, is fascinating, but that idea of sort of longevity and that that's the sort of journey we're on at the moment. Trees, in terms of Thera and you know mm-hmm. being sustainable with our yeah. fabrics and our products, it's you know it's difficult at this early stage in a brand to always get hold of the that perfect organic cotton that you want you know it's it's not always easy but what we can do and what we're desperate to do is make sure that everything we we make is going to last for a long time Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's uh it's that's sort of the that's the big mission at the moment is let's make this at the at the quality required that it's going to last like those barbers did all our childhood from Mm -hmm. person to person to person (laughs) And, you know, there's those stories going back to Filson of these, you know, those, um, what do they call it? The Mackinac. We're really, we're going to, we better get a little bit of a tip from. Yeah, I'll take a collaboration. A little commission. Yeah. A little commission. <laughs> um, but, you know, those, there's stories of those Mackinac jackets they make, which if you just go through the the review section on, uh, on the product page and it's mm-hmm. people saying, yeah, I got given mine by my grandfather and this is the, uh, it's lasted for 50 years and it lasted for 60 years before me. Um, you know, I've just bought, <laughs> I bought this new one and I hope to hand it on to my grandson. And I just, mm-hmm. if, if people can speak about a fairer product like that, we will have definitely uh, succeeded in what we want to, what we want to do. Yeah. I mean, I always bring up the example of my mom having that REI jacket from a brand that doesn't even exist anymore, but she just still wears it because it's still waterproof and it still keeps her warm. And I think for any outdoor brand, that should be the goal of making a product that it's a little counterintuitive that you, you don't constantly have to sell new products, but at the same time, 
it is counterintuitive to kind of start an outdoor brand because, you know, just they're kind of oxymorons. But yeah, I agree that making the best product possible is should be the mission for any brand, but specifically outdoor ones. I think if you operate if you operate in the outdoors and love the outdoors, you have a responsibility to to uh, love for it and care for it. But you're right, and there is a tough paradox that you buy one, buy cheaply, buy twice. But if you're making something good, they're only going to buy once. But we love the outdoors. Yeah, exactly. you know what if Phils, what if Philson think how many more Mackinaws they would have sold if they just <laughs> made it twenty five percent worse. Mm-hmm. You know. It still would have been. It still would have been um, a great product, but they would have just, you know. But but that's right. That's the attitude, and that's why that brand has lasted for whatever it is, 130 years. Because you know, in the end, people go for quality. Um, what do you think, trees? About just talking about your your mum's jacket there. Yeah. What do you think about this? There's been a few brands, and now I'm having a mind blank about which ones, but that have been like resurged, like recovered lately mm. um, and their brands that you know have gone might have gone quiet or even dead for a few decades and suddenly they're being they're being brought back and given new life yeah i think i think honestly okay not outdoors related the first thing that comes to mind is champion yeah and and outdoor related i think oakley is having a big moment i don't know if it's because oakley is releasing new products i don't really pay attention to it but i just know that a lot of people are talking about and wearing oakley not only just their glasses but also their actual apparel which i thought is very interesting because i didn't even know that oakley made that because where i'm from oakley is like what the frat boys and the baseball players wear you know it's not the cool guy like the cool olympics like goggles that they made like i, I didn't know those existed until the people from the UK were talking about it. It's a totally different yeah. like brand over there. The it's one, the, 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 yeah, like, the wraparound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the 2000 Olympics, the guy wore it. Mm-hmm. When yeah, I was about, even... sorry, when I was about 13, my dream was to own a pair of Oakley's. Yeah. <laughs> they were the coolest things. I remember I got one and then a week later I'd lost it already. Oh, that is rough. That is very rough. Yeah. That is tough. Yeah. Um, as far good. as, you go ahead, go ahead. All right, just if we're talking about um, style um, progression, I'm just thinking your yeah. sunglasses progression, Sid, has been extreme because of your <laughs> your unbelievable ability to lose them. Remember those ones that when we were fishing probably five years ago? I think they're still, yeah, at, yeah, they're, yeah. still at, they're still at the bottom of that um, beneath that pontoon. But uh, yeah, Sid, he's had a lot of shades. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, I, I never really had sunglasses. I have like green blue eyes, uh, just so people can get kind of an envision of who I am I'm painting a picture of like a void of a face with just like greenish bluish eyes. Is this, is this, a, this is pretty, uh, podcast exclusive that you're painting. Yeah, this is big. This is big. Yeah. No one knows this about me. Um, <laughs> They are, seen, they are quite something trees i can just you know even yeah they're we're just like blinding the, blinding <laughs> the, the care right now <laughs> um but i don't know i was going oh yes 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 i've always just worn baseball caps because i've never liked sunglasses because i was a kid and still do uh this is more information for the people if you want to start drawing an image i have very long eyelashes and um when i was a kid I, it was always uncomfortable to wear sunglasses because they would press up against the lens of the sunglasses so i would never wanted to wear them <laughs> 
And so I've now grown up and I just don't smash them against my eyes. And I'm, I'm aware of what that is. So, um, I'm old enough now to appreciate like a good pair of sunglasses. And I've always had Maui gyms. If you're familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, They're, uh, my, my dad's friend used to be the, what is it? The pilot for the owner's private jet. And so he would just bless us with, um, free sunglass coupons for, you know, birthdays, Christmas, whatever. And, uh, so yeah, I just, I had, I had those my dad, when I turned, I don't know, when I was somewhere in high school, my dad was like, here you go. Here's like a free coupon. You can use it. Um, you're not going to get another one. (laughs) So don't lose these. And I said, okay. And then eventually he gave me another one when he saw that I could take care of it, but, uh, I like them and I still have them to this day. They're very, very comfortable. My dad, my dad's a big, a big married gym wearer. I don't know what that says about your style trees, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad gave his. me the coupon, so all his. Um, <laughs> do you have t- trees where, near where you are now? Do you have any mm. really good, um, like, outdoor retail stores? Mm. No, I live in kind of like a fashion desert, basically. Um, but you're an oasis. No. I I am the oasis in the desert as far as like outdoor fashion goes. There are a lot of um, like there's REI, which I believe is an equivalent to REI in the UK, but I can't remember, like sports. Mm. Let's see. Sports, sports right. Direct. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like that, uh, except it's it's not sports related. It's camping related, so it's not really sports direct. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, got a lot of camping ones of that style yeah. so rei is just basically a like giant camping store um all the camping goods backpacking biking all everything um going outside and so that's probably the best place to go but besides that i mean i really just buy most of the stuff online i'd prefer to buy it in person and that's why i don't have any like and wander or capital or anything like that because i'm so afraid of it not fitting me that I don't want to buy it <laughs> and then have to return it. So there's nowhere for yeah. me to try it on. So I just, I just stick to what I can go try on. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, that's, you know, we, we're entirely <clears throat> e-com mm-hmm. um, and it's, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't probably have been able to start the brand if there wasn't, well, in the in, as quickly and as efficiently as we had without that, because all the you know costs going into starting mm-hmm. a retail store and everything. But we we definitely would like to get there because, as you say, it's it's one thing seeing a great photo, even if it's the best photograph. It doesn't mm-hmm. you, you still you still don't know what that product is actually like. Yeah, and yeah. the difference the difference between just putting it on and feeling it and wearing it and seeing how you know the sleeves fit you all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it, it it's it's irreplaceable but they're trying to aren't they they're trying to there's plenty of websites where you can do virtual trials now yeah yeah but mm-hmm. also for us it's just it'd be like actually we're, we're, we've got our first birthday coming up on the 24th of september trees and we're taking over a pub in the countryside to do a party and we're oh, gonna that's sick yeah, it's going to be fun. We've got some bands lined up and uh, it's going to be our first time actually having a, a stand with some of our clothes for people to buy. Because mm. also like, it's just fun being able to, uh, you know, pitch themselves to people and, and convince them to buy stuff and, and show off the product to them. 
You're yeah. not going to convince them. The products are going to convince them for it's gonna, you. It's going to sell itself. All right, yeah. To you get them not to even be there, order, it would sell itself. Get them form an orderly queue and wait their turn. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I meant. That's what I got written down here. True. Exactly. Do you, reckon, do you reckon you can get over for the 24th <laughs> of September? We got a ticket for you. That guy's of September. Is, is your dad's friend still a pilot? Could he wangle something? <laughs> <laughs> I actually do think he just he started flying again. He was he became a financial advisor for a while. But I think he's back on it. Um, Perfect. See you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm watching my fiance's dog until <laughs> the 24th or the 25th. One of the two. I'm not sure, but I am. I am actually doing that. Um, that's not just a cop out. But I, I love. I love being in the UK. It was a great time. Um, I'd love to go back. Um, next time. Next time. Next time. There's a first camp, and everyone that I know is like confined to one space, so I don't have to travel all across the country again. I'll come over there and uh, I'll make a stop for you guys. We didn't go. Was it, was it a good vibe? Mm. Super cool. It was really, really fun. Um, obviously for me, it was fun getting to actually see everyone that I've just like seen on the internet. Um, and then the actual events are really cool. Snow Peak is great and their products are super bougie. So like getting to see them in use is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the estate was really sweet everything there there was a nice bouldering gym that was really close so one of the days we went bouldering and that was like what got me to go to bouldering again was i went there and i was like dang this is actually a lot of fun i'm gonna go do that when i get back home so i did um but yeah overall 10 out of 10 would love to go again and hopefully they'll plan another one for next year and i can go to that well we'll see you there i'll see you there There's, there's, it's quite, it's, it's really exciting. There's, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a theme or trend happening for these kind of, for want of a better word, festivals that are based around, mm. around the outdoors and whether it's first camp or whether it's, um, what's it called? Said good life, good life, the yeah. good life society. They do one, um, and there's a few more. And I think hopefully, hopefully this Farah first birthday, if it goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, next year it might just might just you know start growing into something along those lines that's definitely what we want i love yeah, that. Yeah, I that i love that yeah we don't we don't have a lot of that over here it's it's a do your own thing and that's something that i'd like to do if i had the time or the money or the know-how <laughs> but i'd love to start i mean there's there's usal in la which they do like climbing workshops and like they do little hikes together and they do pottery and stuff like that. Just basically building a community. I love to start something like that here, but it's like, no one is cool basically is the issue. Cause it, it would just be like a bunch of like dads and like yeah. frat bros who want to go hiking, which is fine, which is fine, but it's not the crowd that I'm trying to attract. I don't, I don't think that crowd exists where I live. So I don't know if it's worth my effort. But trees, yeah. there might there might be like loads of other people sitting with microphones, it, um, where you are <laughs> talking to people in in the UK, in France, in in Australia, uh, saying the same thing, and you just need to find each other. So no, I think what, uh, I would have I would have heard about them already, and I would have shut them <laughs> down. I would have bought them out. I'm running a monopoly on the, on the outdoor podcast industry. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, but they do say, you know, if you build it, they will come. But you're just worried it's going to be the frat boys and the dads that come. Yeah, I just don't want any losers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sadly. Okay, we won't come. Anyway. (laughs) No, 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 you guys are invited. Please, please, please. I'd love to have you guys there. Um, 
But anyway, let's let's move on a little bit. Let's finish up the uh, the nylon portion. Let's talk a little bit about the future. Let's talk about uh, future of Farah, which you've already kind of alluded to with the fair birthday and all that. Um, yeah. And then also future of how you guys may see this scene evolving or the niche or anything like that. Just opinions. Yeah. yeah. Shall I start deck? Um, the future of Ferris is pretty exciting. We're, we're coming out with some more clothes in October. New collection, just adding to the Ferris collection we've already got now. Um, I don't want to give anything away yet. Um, I'm just looking to see if deck is nodding or, or, or <laughs> slicing across his knot. And then, uh, you, yeah, you mentioned we're fly fishing extraordinaires. Um, which we definitely uh, are not, but we do. <laughs> and we're coming out with quite a cool fly fishing focus collection in spring, which I should not be talking about, but I can't resist. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, we just, we basically, we, we started the ferry collection rather than doing massively seasonal stuff. We wanted to basically build a core collection, which would suit your every need when you're in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, rather than bringing out swathes and swathes of clothes the whole time, we're just trying to add and sometimes subtract to that collection to get what would hopefully be your um, your ideal selection for uh, for the outdoors. I've yeah. waffled. I, I can't remember what the second question was. I waffled a bit. Well, I I can remember, so I'll take it. I'll take it from here, son. Um, yeah, in terms of the future of sort of you know outdoor wear and clothes, I think. I think it's interesting listening to Antoine, who I pronounced that correctly, I think so, yeah. um, last uh, last week or, or whenever it came out. I've, I have to agree and maybe disagree with some of the things he said, which might be brave. Mm. Um, but um, Very brave of you. But um, Neil Summers, uh, who I think put, actually linked us together initially, Trees, who's our great friend up in Manchester, mm-hmm. a, great, a great man. Shout involved. out to Neil. I'd love to have him on the podcast too. Yeah, uh, we should. We should. He'd, he'd be great on it, and he will. He will be. Yeah, he'd, he'd be great. He's um. Yeah. Anyway, our friend. He's he's a good friend of Farah, and he's put us onto some really interesting um, brands lately. Um, one called Arkit and one called Seven L, and it's it's um, it's that military kind of vibe highly highly technical highly highly functional um and very very well made you know you you can imagine it's the kind of stuff that you look at it and you think that's the kind of stuff that special forces people out there would want to would want to wear and and i think anton was talking about that kind of slightly cosplay sort of futuristic feel you know of like outdoor wear and technical wear and um, I, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a, a trend that's coming, um, mm-hmm. if not already here. Um, it, it, is it controversial that military wear is like becoming like a fashion item, or am I get, am I going too deep? There? I, think it, I think it always no. has been. There. If you uh, think yeah. about, it, everyone loves a field jacket, don't they? Like a Vietnam field Absolutely. jacket. I think what what we hope trees is, because um, obviously there's you know there's a people love high performance technical gear at the mm-hmm. moment. And as we've said, there is a big place for that, but we're not necessarily a reaction against it, but we just, 
we just see there's space to return to some some more um some more like sort of natural um ma- uh, and not man-made fabrics you know mm-hmm. more uh, and more work wear and rugged and basically everyone's going to start wearing fairer <laughs> i mean basically yeah you're going to yeah. create a monopoly on every market and all that will be left is Farah. That is literally, our, you've just, you've just, you've just read our business plan somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the secret trees. Where's the NDA? Um, yeah. But I, I guess that is a bit of, you know, and talking of trends and future it's, it's that, you know, we've all realized some of us before others, but particularly over the the, the time of the pandemic, how, valuable getting out there and getting into nature is and and i think that trend is is here to stay you know people's getting out there whether it's hiking whether it's fly fishing whether it's boulding it doesn't matter just being out there and like not in a rush just the 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 point of being there is you're there the activity doesn't really matter and you know as you can see and as you've seen on our on our site a lot of our kind of color palettes and stuff fair is quite well, they're, they're natural because when we began, what we wanted is we wanted people to wear our stuff outdoors in, in, in the wild. And we wanted people mm-hmm. to feel like they were part of it, not yeah. like sticking out. You know, we didn't want to be spotted um, from, you know, 10 miles away on the side of the mountain. We wanted to feel like we were part of it. Yeah. That said, we definitely want to have a bit more fun with with color and, and, and things. But I think our general, those will be the pops of color rather than the kind of general theme and uh again those sort of muted greens and 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 kind of grays and stuff you know it it, it, it's happening i do however miss some of that really fun 90s early noughties like colorful patterned Mm -hmm. printed um stuff but we'll definitely do that fair as a magpie we're not we're not beholden to (laughs) To, be, to any design philosophy we will we pick and choose what we love but it is, what Declan said it is amazing that's the right I mean, I'm sure it's happened in America as well but that rise of um people just getting outdoors since lockdown oh, yeah definitely definitely like people realizing connecting with nature again and it's really cool and we uh, we know as we sort of have alluded to we didn't really come from this from a from a fashion background mm-hmm. but now we're in it it's it's cool to see people like the common ground group seeing everyone like and well the you sum it up with, with trees and nylon literally that connection of fashion in the outdoors yeah and it's it, in the uk it's seriously growing movement yeah i mean UK seems to be doing the best, honestly. And I wish just as far as the actual style goes, obviously in the US, we have a lot of brands, but the style itself seems to have spawned out of the UK. It's serious. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And long may, long may the rise continue. Exactly. Exactly. Long may it may continue. I mean, I thought it was dead a couple of times, um, but it's just, I think it's not dying. It's just evolving. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. changed. It's changed a lot. It's no longer wear an Arcteric jacket and get 400 likes on a photo. You know, now it's a lot, a lot of smaller brands are getting a lot of love. A lot of like DIY stuff is getting love. Communities are becoming like more prominent rather than just brands. I think it's, it's very interesting, but it's definitely shifting. Yeah. 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 No. And, and that's, you know, that's, 
I'm I'm just I'm just we're discovering it at the moment still, but you know things like Discord, uh-huh. it, it's it's extraordinary because it's it is such a simple concept. You know the idea of communities getting together, mm-hmm. but on other social media platforms, it has been attempted, but it has you know invariably it like descends. Not every time it descends <laughs> into some like really dumb argument about something mm-hmm. or discussion, whereas. I don't know why there's few discord groups I'm a member of. It's mm. just, it's just a great place to be. You know, everyone's just like, it's celebratory. It's celebratory. Is that how I pronounce it? It's, yeah. it's celebratory. It's, you know, it's, it's like people helping each other. It's people, it's not people buying, buying stuff and then trying to sell it for a massive profit because, you know, they know that it's, it's um, maybe that does happen on other ones, but I don't know. It, it's a good place to be. It feels like a good, a good corner of the internet. It's like yeah, pure that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That uh that UK Gorbcore Discord is well, I guess now they call it common ground. Um <laughs> is pretty insane, honestly. All of the all of the work they put into it, all the channels they have. Oh my god. And there's just like constantly people talking. It's pretty awesome. I'm a part of it. I don't say anything. I just like to to stock because obviously I can't do anything that they're talking about. But it's just nice to see that there's a, a, a blossoming community around it. Well, big yeah. shout out to them. Big sh- we got a shout out to Josty, who's been very kind to us. <laughs> he gave us yeah. uh, loads of um, very good advice and feedback. Nice. On- yeah, Josty, the marketing guy himself. <laughs> and and Sid, Sid actually managed to get a new channel started on the on the oh, disc. Really? You want to tell this us about the, fa- the fairy I don't channel. want to tell you about it because there's only one post on it, and it's uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> I I. I on what trees my obsession and it's a real old man obsession is wildflowers okay <laughs> which is uh actually cooler than declan's laugh uh, gives away and so i convinced them to add a wild plantsman section and uh right now there's one post by yours truly only oh i see it i see it trust me though trends, trends wildflower i'm i'm ahead of the t- ahead of my times right now yeah hey my you got a lot of reactions off of it a lot of people like that you posted it, but they're just too scared to post their own because they don't know the names of anything. <laughs> you do the Latin on that one, Sid, or was it just uh, the? Uh, I can't even. I can't even think of a fake name right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this is something I've said for months at this point. But learning about local nature and all that is something I'm very interested in, like in theory. And I haven't done any work to actually like prove that I am. <laughs> But there's a guy who I started following who I cannot remember his name, um, but it's something. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it really quick on Instagram. This counts as my shout out. Native Habitat Project. That's what it is. He's huge. He's got 125,000 followers. I didn't even realize that, but um, for good reason. Basically, he just lives in Alabama, which is a state away from me, and he just goes around and helps rewild basically. So he goes and he talks about these kind of plants are native. You need to destroy your lawn. You shouldn't be spraying your grass with pesticide. You should plant these pollinators. Like this is native. This is not native. Like learn this, how you take care of them. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Literally just let your, um, let your grass grow essentially. Yeah. I like that. And this is the thing, right? Is most people want to do the right thing for nature you know, whether it's in their garden or on their farm or, or, you know, whatever it is, but 
it's lack of knowledge and it take, it's a lot of learning and and you know yeah Sid and I are both really into exactly that local nature local nature recovery what can you do what little small things can you do and people like that who are actually making it easy to learn and and mm-hmm. and, and educating in a sort of non kind of pushy way is yeah. so helpful I agree I just wish that there was a resource for just Georgia so that I could just get some seeds. And I've wanted to do the little thing where when you're cutting your grass, you leave a little strip for wildflowers uh, to grow. Um, do that. I should, but it's like about to be fall and winter. So nothing's going to grow now, but it's a good <laughs> idea. And when, when the grass comes back to life and I guess that's, that might be wrong because if I leave it, then stuff that would normally survive through the winter would live there. I don't know. I have to do some research. Well, also some stuff you need to put in in autumn because that's when it would naturally yeah. fall as seed. Yeah. And then when spring arrives, it will start coming through. Dang. Um, there you go. That's free. Native Georgia plants. Yeah. I'll have that tab up for, uh, <laughs> for after the call <laughs> so I can do some research. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, we've kind of already segued into the tree section already so i guess we'll take it back to the beginning um tell me a little bit about or a little bit more about growing up what was your relationship with trees for both of you yeah we both grew up on farms um both in wiltshire not actually a million miles away from each other and um it's it's a blessing that because you don't realize how lucky you are but you just get to spend every day outdoors mm-hmm. except for probably when you hit your teenager's years and you decide to sit on the sofa for a good couple of years and then you suddenly realize what you're doing. But as a result, you just, you know, I count myself extremely lucky that I get to, I got to run around doing whatever I wanted in the woods and, <laughs> and wherever. And deck was the same. I, I think it's fair to say. And then, um, as we've grown up, we've just become more and more obsessed with the outdoors um, we talked a lot about sustainability, but Farah does donate 5% of all our sales to conservation efforts, which hopefully doesn't screw us financially, but, um, <laughs> no, that's good. I love that. That's we, the, it, the Patagonia thing, right? Oh, Patagonia gets 1%. Yeah. Thank you. Trees. Yeah. yeah. Patagonia's yeah. only given 1%. That's all I'm going to say. They're not really, they're not really trying those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just, uh, uh, a mad obsession with the outdoors and wildlife and and also having a bit of an adventure while you're doing it yeah i mean you know as Sid said we'd met we met when we were kind of yeah three or four years old um most of our friendship didn't well, well pun not intended it blossomed outdoors sorry i can't even um not laugh at that uh, uh it blossomed outdoors and it was it was not classroom based, you know, fun and activities. It was doing weird stuff, collecting mm-hmm. weird plants. I don't know, making dens in the woods, whatever it was. That was that was a big part of our life. And then, as we grew up, you know, the the sort of equipment and gear got more interesting, more exciting. We more expensive. Yeah, we are more expensive. <laughs> um, and maybe that, you know, and then you and then you you almost go full circle because then you realize actually you can have a lot of fun with limited stuff. But that said, mm-hmm. good fun equipment and gear is uh is is a great thing. And again, you know, certainly for me and 
um, same as Sid. And this is another weird coincidence. You know, we go, my family, we've been spending summer holidays on on the west coast of Scotland um, like all my life. And Sid's uh, aunt uh, had a holiday house, the same place that we do. So even though there was no connection between families, uh-huh. we were brought up in the same place and then we would spend summer holidays <laughs> place and that's, awesome. that's you know that's uh i don't know if you've been to the west coast of scotland um have you trees not i haven't even been to scotland before okay well well that's that's for next time um <laughs> it's um it's great and it's it, it's wild and the beaches are empty and the water's cold and clear and you know there's just so much to do and you you feel free um, and it's just, it's, it feels safe. I remember as, you know, as children, we, we, we had a lot of, uh, sort of freedom there. Um, and again, that has, you know, that's grown from just little fishing rods and crabbing pots, um, up to, you know, now like going scuba diving and all that kind of thing. So again, the gear has matured with us. Um, so yeah. We've been on some good adventures together. I'm just looking at pictures now. This water, some of the some of the water looks Caribbean almost, like emerald water. Oh, I am. Um, you just wait till you get up. into it. I studied <laughs> art history um, at university, mm-hmm. and there's a group of painters called the Scottish Colorists, mm-hmm. and they were around um, at the beginning, well, like 1940s, and they'd all go to the south of France to paint the blue seas and white beaches there. Mm-hmm. And when World War II broke out, they couldn't get down to the south of France. And the only place they could find which replicated those uh, white beaches and, and mm-hmm. blue seas in the same light was um, was the west coast of Scotland. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. Looking at pictures, looks pretty yeah, insane. You, you do get every season in a day, but when it's one of those <laughs> rare days where the sea's flat and the sun's shining, it's, it's crazy. Wow. Those yeah, I'm years. seeing... Oh wow! It says one of Earth's most biodiverse habitats. You you just you've taken the words out of my mouth there. Um, well, I wasn't going to put it quite like that, <laughs> but I was going to say that's the other thing is it was we were spoiled by how much wildlife um, there was there. The bird life's incredible. The 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 sea life, um, the river, you know, the mammals. I mean, big red deer, stags. It's um, wow. it's it, it, there's so much to see and so much to do amongst and with nature mm-hmm. um i think that you know that was a spoiling uh and lucky way to be brought up because even if you don't know it at the time you then later on realize you have this this sort of deep appreciation and care for for all those things which is um uh, i'm grateful for nice yeah it looks like half like the caribbean and half like elden ring you familiar with what Elden Ring is? No, what's that? The video game. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure if you look up just Elden Ring on Google Images, you can find. I'm gonna have a look now. Some screenshots, oh, just like the architecture, and specifically that. Um, as I saw a picture of like a a castle on an island with a giant bridge, reminded me of this one part in Elden Ring. Yeah, shout out to all the gamers out there. <laughs> Obviously not as gloomy. Obviously not as gloomy as Elden well, Ring, but. Uh, no, you're probably looking at the summer photos because um, yeah oh, i definitely am yeah it's all sunshine 
it's pretty dark in winter um and yeah when the weather comes in but again that is no that's no bad thing then you really do have an excuse to sit inside in front of the fire um one of the local one of the local whiskies um mm-hmm. you know it's it's there's there's plenty of comfort in the bad weather as well let's move on now to currently what's the schedule looking like for getting outdoors these days well i'll tell you trees one thing you shouldn't do if you want to get outdoors loads is start your own <laughs> brand um yeah uh, i've heard but, that i've heard that <laughs> but actually well i'm based in london which makes life a little bit trickier but um you can find your slices of nature in in london that's for sure there's a really mm-hmm. cool river which runs through the south of london through croydon um mm-hmm. which one probably would straight away like to think that it's full of trolleys and and cones and all that but there's a group called the wandle piscators who um who keep it pristine it's really cool as a fisherman it's it's seriously cool that you can be wading up this river uh which could be in any other nice bit of countryside but you look to your left and you look to your right and there's a hustling city around you <laughs> so that's pretty cool but we have uh fantasies deck and i um which is as fair a builds you know we get to uh we have to test our products out by going on some big adventures with mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. we managed to um get out to cameroon which oh, was wow. a long time planned adventure in february which was really cool that sounds um, awesome yeah it was it was properly wild it, we went to we we went to an area where only 40 again surprise surprise it's fishing but um where only 40 fishermen had ever been before these guys who's called african waters who specialize in setting up remote camps um has spent a decade going across africa trying to find this uh intact fishery for this this fish called a nile perch which is uh-huh. the world's largest freshwater fish um and after nine years or ten years they cool. found it um yeah look up the nile perch it's a pretty yeah. wild uh so we went out there and um just camped by a river for seven days it was crazy absolutely crazy super cool it was um yeah it was a it was a very exciting time with extremely knowledgeable good guides you know the wildlife was incredible the place was beautiful um and it was it was so nice because it was a it was a bit of a throwback for um for Sid and I because you know as Sid said starting your own business is not conducive to getting loads of time to go on adventures but uh-huh. we did used to we did used to get stuck in and and actually one of our I mean one of the greatest things from an adventure perspective and an outdoor perspective I've ever done was when Sid and I left school we we um we basically hitchhiked for four months through southern east East Africa. Wow! Um, through wow. lots of countries, including Zambia, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Rwanda, and more and more. And you know, once you once you feel that, and once you spend so much time in somewhere that is so wild and so kind of purely, I don't know. It, it's just every day is an adventure. Yeah, you and, feel alive every day just walking out your door. Yeah. And and the beauty, the just the natural beauty, whether it's those white Mozambican beaches or 
these great rivers and hills in Zambia and Zimbabwe. It's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and we feel like we don't really have the time, and we maybe will never have the time to do adventures that big again and that long. Um, I'm married Sid's car fiance as well, so maybe we should do a double date adventure but actually just to link link that trip we did when we were 18 back to nylon is um i remember malawi day do you remember those um markets you go you go and they'll literally be i don't know how big they were they were like the size of an american football pitch markets maybe actually i've never actually stepped foot on american football (laughs) pitch. it's 100 yards (laughs) they they were they were huge and they were the closed markets and it's kind of actually, I think it's a bit of a sadder tale because all the charity clothing, which gets sent out there mm. um, actually gets sort of, you know, this is, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but a lot of it gets handed over to um, organized crime and they set up these mm. markets, sell it on rather than it actually being handed out. Mm. Um, but it is insane going into these markets and, and seeing like clothes from every decade, every trend, everything you can imagine. And it mm. was, it was um, very wild just seeing like, you, you, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think what, you probably have an Arc'teryx next to a McDonald's 1980s uniform. <laughs> kind of. um, we, we traded in our whole, uh, uh, basically we, we, we got a whole new wardrobe while we were there and I still have some of the clothes um, that I picked up over 10 years ago in Le Longwe Market. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's quite extraordinary. Funny enough, some of my favorite outdoor clothes I've got, I picked up in, um, in, uh, Salvation Army, a huge Salvation Army store in Orlando, Florida, um, <laughs> very cheaply and, you know, they actually fit me, which is good as well. Um, yeah, so we, I don't know, we've done lots of adventuring and we've done plenty together and plenty separately. Um, and the Cameroon trip was extraordinary. And so, yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to see how we can, how can we make it a work trip, but also make sure it's a proper adventure. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you have those moments just getting out into the wild. Mm-hmm. But, but, and a lot of the reason we started Farrah was I think in England or the UK, there's, there's an easy conception or perception that we have no wild places left. Mm, um, really i think so we're a small island and there's a lot of uh, uh farming and people just think wilderness is gone you can find some really cool ones we went up to norfolk on the east coast and there's these guys called the coastal exploration company who mm. restore these old smuggling sailboats and they sell mm. them through salt marshes up there which is the most insane bird life i've ever seen um <laughs> And, and so our sort of a, a big mission of fair is to, obviously we love these big adventures um, away from our isles, but it's also to show in the UK and Ireland and, and around us where you can actually still get some wild adventures in. And, and there is plenty. We made a little film about it, Trees, um, about that trip to Norfolk. Um, have a watch afterwards. It's, yeah. it's, it's only short, but uh, it, it, exactly. That's a sort of, it's not a secret anymore, but that's a bit of a, it was an unsaid mission. I know. I just thought that when I said that. <laughs> was to try and was, you know, is to show through the content we create around our clothing and everything else is to show that, well, how much incredible 
variety there is in wild places here but also how much fun and how many different things you can do so yeah so 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 keep your eyes peeled for upcoming content which will be continuing to highlight these interesting <laughs> people interesting places yeah. you know, everything else um yeah i've got i've got that pulled up i'm definitely gonna watch all three of those films after this yeah it's good fun it's on there, um it's not it sounds like you guys have been all over. What's been your favorite place for like nature? Good question. Wow, that is a really good question. Um, for me, off the top of my head, um, there's a couple of what well, I call them Shangri-La moments when um, you know, you know the concept Shangri-La. Yeah. Uh, I think most people do. Maybe that's patronizing mm-hmm. asking that. Um, but uh, you know, you have these moments when you're outdoors, when you're like, this is just like everything's come together, whether you're with good people or like in the right setting. One of them was the first time I was with Deck and we scuba dived uh, up on the west coast of Scotland for scallops and then ate them raw out there. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But f- nature wise, for me, um, I went up to the Himalayas. Um, which was three idiots on a bike um, uh, uh, going over these mountain passes, but just like the sense of ridiculous awe when you're up in those mountains and you just crazy. Yeah. 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 It's just like, there's there's nothing, there's there's no other landscape as compared to it. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've, I've got my one, I think. Um, And yeah, I've always been so jealous of that that Himalayan motorbike trip but um mm-hmm. anyway we couldn't do everything together unless that really would have been a bit weird and this my my memory as well I'm, I'm afraid doesn't include Sid but um I did a trip a few years ago uh, in Central America with uh, another friend and um part of the thing we'd heard about these these little rock carvings up this river in in Honduras Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they're not, they weren't like anything particularly crazy, but we just thought it'd be quite fun to have like a, a mission to get to a specific point. Um, and so that's what we did. And it took about three days in these, in these like dugout canoes up this river. I can't remember what the river was called, I'm afraid, but um, you just, it was just us on a little dugout canoe in the middle of the jungle in a river. And it was just alive the insects the birds these incredible kind of toucan type things they weren't exactly that flying all over the place caimans throughout the river uh you felt like you could hear leopards or jaguars but 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 that might have been my um overactive imagination (laughs) uh recreating the memory um but yeah i think for me being on water you know alone that often creates the kind of greatest nature memories i don't know why you you feel like you really are far out when you're when you're in those situations yeah yeah yeah. when when you're you're a visitor yeah Mm. that is that is a side of nature that i have not had a lot of experience with the whole just like You said Honduras, so not, I guess it's kind of Latin American, Latin American, African, like anything below me, except for Australia. I've I've kind of skipped over all of like South America and Africa and all that. I just haven't experienced anything like that. Um, any of those animals, climates, anything in that, in, in that area. Me neither, Trees, me neither. 
Well, you, you went to Africa. <laughs> you went to Africa. So you said size. I thought I, 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 I didn't been to South America yeah. either. Yeah, I haven't been to South America either. But yeah, yeah. yeah I've been to Africa a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, well, trees. You, you know, it's a, it's pretty easy for you guys in terms of geography to get to Central mm-hmm. America, um, and uh, it's it's great because it's got incredible wildlife, incredible nature. Um, there's lots of places well it's mostly pretty safe we did get we got robbed in nicaragua that was quite um that was a shame but uh you know it was a long journey and we probably weren't being that streetwise but mm-hmm. mostly it's safe it's beautiful good food nice people and also really fun there's loads of fun people um on this mm-hmm. on a similar trail um highly recommended yeah. That said, that said, I think Sydney agrees. Neither of us know the states well at all. I've been to mm. been to California and I did a little bit of hiking, but you know, in only around and about LA, um, mm. which was awesome. That's a shame. Love, love oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I, it, you know, seeing the Pacific, I'd never seen the Pacific Ocean before in my life. Going yeah. to the top of the hill and having that view out to the Pacific, it was pretty cool. But the, I know there's so much on the East Coast and in the middle that is exactly the kind of landscape that, you know, that I, that I love. And I think my my kind of fantasy landscape is that sort of, I don't even know what state it would be, but probably Colorado mountains mm. that aren't too that aren't too aggressive big kind of green grassy valleys trees and rivers uh you know that's sort of my fantasy landscape mm. mine's, mine's definitely like the swamps where where like those amazing <laughs> wetlands and swamps is where is that like louisiana louisiana yeah, that's, a, that's over by me that's in like the southeast louisiana uh, there's a swamp in Georgia, swamps in even in like South Carolina. I've been kayaking through um, like mangrove forests and stuff. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I think I think it would be like Colorado for you, Declan. All of that, that 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 whole scene. That's that's my that's my favorite as well. I like Yellowstone Glacier. Um, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, there you go, Yellowstone. Exactly, that is the exact vibe. Have you been to Yellowstone? Yes, Yellowstone. It's it's a toss up now, honestly, because um, so Yellowstone was the first national park that I went to that I like really remember going to that I fell in love with. Basically, um, just everything is so breathtaking. Everything is so vast and large and untouched and beautiful yellowstone has the hot springs and the geysers and all that but that's like cool if you've gone if you've never gone before and then once you've gone before all you want to see is like the valleys and the peaks and all that so yellowstone Mm -hmm. was number one and then i went to glacier national park and glacier is cooler sometimes um because it's it's a little higher up you're in the rocky mountains like the bald cap mountains more and there's a lot more like wildflowers and glaciers and stuff like that a little bit of a different topography um uh and then recently i just went to hawaii more specifically the island of Kauai, and in Kauai, it's just like insane yeah um, it's in there. Uh, 
I can't remember what they call it. It's um, it's on the Nepali coast. It's like the cathedral or something like that. Just these gigantic volcanic mountains covered in trees and grass and ferns and everything where you can, you can see how jagged they are and you can see how like new they are, but they're just covered in grass. I think it's such a cool sight and that's, they're all over Kauai. Like you just step out the hotel and you see all around you, you're surrounded by mountains like that. And that honestly might be my new favorite. Um, just cause it's, it's just unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And did you surf? I didn't surf. No. I'd, I'd probably be good at it. I have good balance, but also surfing in Hawaii is crazy. Like that's where all the, that's where all the actual surfing competitions are. Cause the waves there are gigantic. Yeah. yeah. You won't see me on a surfboard anytime soon. I, <laughs> I, I, no. I did think actually I would do it once. I thought, you know what, this sounds perfect. It's in the sea. Um, uh-huh. it, you, you, it's, it's man. It's sort of, unpowered but you get excitement you can go fast but i googled what's the tallest professional surfer because um i'm 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 six four so i'm always concerned humble brag is that a humble brag (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a humble brag it's a humble brag you should try try being six four sometime uh i don't know if you've been on on ryanair lately um trees but uh, it's it's not a humble brag when you're sitting on there that's Um, anyway a small price to pay turns out the tallest um the tallest um guy on the surf tour six two so i didn't even try Uh, that's because you only wanted to go pro didn't you you thought if if yeah he wanted he said, if I'm going to pick up surfing, I'm, I'm going to do it. I have to do it professionally. I did try it in Byron Bay in Australia, where uh-huh. imagine a bit like Hawaii, all the pros <laughs> hang out. Um, and there was three of us who'd never done it before, just cutting into all the professionals. <laughs> who were getting more and more irate. And oh, geez. It would be, I'd like to do it, but in all seriousness, unless you know what you're doing, even just getting out beyond the waves is probably the most tiring thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah the ocean is something i don't want to mess with i respect it but just i don't want to respect i don't i don't want to, i don't want to get caught in the uh undercurrent or the riptides or anything because that is I'm, I'm a confident swimmer but it doesn't matter <laughs> they could just take you, are, you under you are at its mercy yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely absolutely agree trees it's weird i like on the top of water i'm i can be a bit I've said what I said about wanting to be amongst nature on water, but I'm never totally relaxed on, on, on boats and things because of exactly what you just said, you know, it can change or turn or at any moment. Yeah. That said being like underwater is different. It's a very Zen and calm place to be for me, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I I haven't seen a shark before though. So that might change everything. I haven't either. I've, I've heard, actually, I've seen a shark from very far away when I was at the Great Barrier Reef. Um, uh, I was snorkeling and there were scuba divers and the scuba divers said they saw a shark. And so I looked down and it was like way far underneath me, but it was nowhere close and we were swimming away from it. So I reckon it can get close to you pretty quickly though. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. But it wasn't interested in us. It, hopefully it didn't, no. it didn't make a pass or anything. Trees, <laughs> <laughs> is there any kind of animals or wildlife in in georgia which is unusual or kind of unique to that area man i have no idea uh wildlife let's look it up unique to georgia 
I actually, I, to, for my sins, I don't quite know where Georgia is. I'm just going to Google that. Yeah, yeah, look it up. It's like the Southeast. It's right above Florida, if you know where Florida is. Yeah. But Florida is its own thing. Can handle Sid. Georgia gets, I mean, Florida gets all the limelight. Yeah. Well, that's okay. They get it for bad reasons. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I don't think I'm going to find a real answer. No, I mean, we have bears and stuff here. No way. Yeah, we have we have black bears in Georgia. That's, that's still bear there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're definitely like the nicest bear to have around, you know? Yeah. I've black never... bears, um, snakes, birds of prey, like eagles and hawks and stuff. Yeah. You got your largemouth bass. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, I have, I have no idea. I, I'm completely ignorant to that. Muskies. I know that's Wisconsin. <laughs> I think that's like by they said, you know, that's like saying, oh, we're just looking at like what kind of what kind of animals and stuff that are in Devon and then shouting out something that's in like pigeon. There's pigeon in Devon. <laughs> There's pigeons. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have the zoo and we have the aquarium. The Georgia Aquarium is the biggest aquarium, I believe, which is cool. Yeah. At least it be. was. Mixed yeah. emotions by aquariums, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm mixed emotions by aquariums because yeah, that, as, as a child, going to aquariums definitely ignited like a love of, the, of marine life and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that has, but now the more you love marine life, the more you yeah. do like aquariums. So yeah, interesting. They've got, it's a problem with their model there because the more you love them, the more you actually don't. But they've mm-hmm. ignited that love. Yeah. So without yeah. them, you'd be into it. Yeah. Well, the yeah. thing is, the thing is that fish don't have souls. So I'm cool with the fish being there, but I'm not cool with like the dolphins, or, like the whales or yeah. like, anything like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, might, yeah. We might, I might disagree with you on this one, Trees. I'm, I, um, I don't know. I think fish, I think fish can be pretty soulful. You think if fish have souls? I've never met a fish that I wouldn't be okay watching die. <laughs> <laughs> you you make a good fisherman then, trees. Yeah. 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 I mean, Come I don't on. I don't like I don't like animals to I don't like animals to suffer, but um yeah, I don't think fish have souls. Okay. Okay. I'll uh, I'm gonna send you a book, um, trees, um, which Sid knows that I'm about to go on a rant about, but I called what. <laughs> what a fish knows it's okay. i guess it's, it's less about souls it's more about consciousness but okay uh it's it's uh i'm, I'm, I'm gonna send it to you it's very interesting okay yeah please do please do this way, it made it it made it a lot harder to be a to be a <laughs> sport fisherman because it, you know it made me think twice about um some things but anyway have you done any have you done any fly fishing trees no i haven't i i did i had a phase when i was little where there's a little, not really a lake, it's a pond, um, not natural or anything, but me and my friends would just go down with fishing rods, probably two summers in a row. We did it quite a bit. Just every other day or so, we just walk down there and just chill and catch a fish and take it off and throw it back. And that was just kind of what we did. Just good vibes. It's, yeah, just it, good vibes. Never got too into it after that, though. I I would say uh, wading up. I think I've already said this once on the podcast. So um, tell me if I have, but wading up a river, uh, wading up a river on a nice summer's evening mm-hmm. when nature's relaxed around you and you see a little 
otter swimming in front of you or a little kingfisher flying down the river mm-hmm. and you're casting your line um no better meditation that's beautiful i mean it sounds amazing yeah it, meditating as you led me on that journey man <laughs> close your eyes yeah. With me. yeah you should have the podcast man come on <laughs> You could be one of those mindfulness ones where you make everyone really relaxed and calm. I think you're more fly fishing ASMR vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, you could do either one. Or you could record while you're walking through the stream and you're kind of just narrating what you see and like you got the water sloshing and you hear the river. That that could be good. This I might, think it has legs. This might, be, this might be an Instagram versus reality when you just hear me swearing the whole time. <laughs> Swearing, he- heavy breathing, water splashing. <laughs> it could be good. There could be a good comedy one. <laughs> Make that a film. Let's put that up on the website. Do you have anything else? Either of you have anything else to say on trees or nylon? Uh, I think we've done pretty well, haven't we? Yeah, I agree. Um, um, we've hit. We've hit uh, all the fun stuff. Mm. Nice. Um, well, that being said, I promise that the fair boys are popular and that Instagram has just like halved my engagement on my story posts. But I do have one question for you all from the fleece and stuff, formerly known as fleece appreciation society before Instagram shut them down because their logo looked too much like the Patagonia logo. That's another doc. That's another docked point for Patagonia. Only 1% back to nature and they shut down my boy fleece appreciation? Come on. Uh, that yeah. was wild when I heard that. That is not on. Fleece, I'm burning fleece, my baggies. Fleece yeah. stuff previously known as fleece appreciation. We would never, ever flag you to Instagram. So, yeah, yeah. Rip, rip our logo all you want. <laughs> uh, 5% and we never report you to instagram we know who the real winners are in the outdoor fashion <laughs> I mean, hey i'm not going to put words in people's mouths but uh, the evidence is pretty clear <laughs> um and uh he asks what would be the dream brand to collaborate slash work with oh good question wow that's a good question and we've, um, talked, about it and we've talked about it and all the thoughts have gone out of my head but they'll uh, <laughs> They'll come. Yeah, I mean, Filson would be pretty up there. Makes but, sense. Um, closer to home, Barber. I mean, they're the OG mm-hmm. brand in the UK. That would be absolutely awesome. Uh, do you know, uh, you spoke to Mark at Hikadelic, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love Hikadelic and and working with Neil and and uh, all he has to say about Hikadelic and how they're, they're, they're just having a lot of fun and, and we want to have fun with them. I can see uh, Dex's screen reflecting in his glasses, so he's quickly <laughs> our collaboration fantasy list. Yeah, I'm trying to find it, but I can't. The, the uh, I mean, uh, footwear. I mean, I'm just reeling them off. So if they're listening, yeah. please That's- get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was in my mind? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Barber as just, I mean, what a classic, um, great British outdoor brand. We we think we could do something pretty fun there, um, mm. but yeah, footwear definitely. Um, love Bluntstone, love Bluntstone. Actually, they did they did a good collab with um, with another brand recently. Um, and I'm trying to think. I, I, something we haven't talked about at all today is 
cooking and outdoor cooking and that's mm. that's big that's a big part of our outdoor life we absolutely we love love getting a fire going and i think in terms of a person a fantasy collab would be to do something with francis malman i don't know if you know about him trees mm. um but he's this he, he the, the, he's worth looking up he did a netflix a netflix um program and it was um it was very good anyway doing something with him all around his kind of style of outdoor living and outdoor cooking. Ooh. I think that would be a collab that, that I'd, I'd love to do anyway. Yeah. That is actually a very good point from deck. Um, that is a big part of our life, cooking outdoors and cooking over fire. Um, and almost on par with fly fishing, the one I would tell um, your listeners to get outdoors and do this is saying, it, it, some alchemy happens when you cook over fire or cook over coals that mm. um i don't know what it is it's more forgiving to your lack of cooking skills but <laughs> it adds it, <laughs> it it adds something to the food and it's you know we love camping and doing it if you're camping and cooking over fire that is the peak but what's really great is as long as you've got a bit of outdoor space where you live um, and appreciate that, especially in, in, you know, cities, you know, where Sid is right now, he doesn't have even an inch of outdoor space um, at his flat, but you just, you, all you need is a little, a bit of balcony or a small garden and, and you can do it. And it's, it's the same, you know, you get that same experience. Okay. It, it, you don't get to go and fall asleep in a tent in the wild, but you still get that feeling of cooking outdoors and it's, uh, yeah, it's great. So yeah, Francis, if you're listening, um, <laughs> hit us up. We're, we're, we're ready. I what see was that episode. quite cool? You, you, you went to Australia trees, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know their weather um, allows it more, but in all their parks, when I, I, I travel around there for a couple of months, all, in all their parks, they've got little barbecue pits for people to use for free. Yeah. Whereas, um, if you're going to hit up Hyde Park in London, you're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to make any friends. If you suddenly light up your disposable barbecue. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know, like going back to sort of adventures and, 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 you know, adventures abroad, I, I did a, a great self-drive camping um, mm-hmm. trip around uh, Namibia and some other countries in, in Southern Africa. And all the campsites that you went to. Yeah. Every like, sort of camp spot had little setup it had place you could get some logs it had like grill and every day every morning every evening you cooked over fire and mm. there's nothing better it's embedded in the culture of those countries isn't it yeah mm. i think it's like embedded in the human spirit honestly to just enjoy a nice fire you know because there there were there was a good time where when summer Mm, no, it had to be into into like winter into spring, where you know it was still cool, still kind of cold out, and I would just we had just had all this firewood, and I was like, you know what, I just want to go out there. I just like for probably three days, four days in a row, just went outside every night, just set up a fire, just like sat there, didn't cook anything, just like sat there and just stared at it as I as I started a little fire, um, and it was it was it's just it's a very calming experience. You're completely right. And it's also, it's like, 
you, you can suddenly find you've sat there for 10 minutes and you've just been staring into the fire. Yeah, exactly. Now I've said that out loud. That's, I'm thinking that sounds quite weird, but it is mesmerizing. It's gripping. Yeah, if, any, if you've ever it's, been in that position, it doesn't sound weird because you just stare at it. It just, it, it, it captures you. That's the word. It captures yeah. you. And it's proven because sometimes, you know, you might be camping and there might be four or five people sat around the fire talking and suddenly you'll find everyone isn't talking and everyone's just focused, just focused, just looking in. And I think, as you said, it's so, you know, we, we might be losing certain instincts as, as humans because, you know, life is so different to what it was when everything was about like pure daily survival on, on yeah. a sort of, you know, really physical basis. But that sort of fire, love, I don't know. I think that is so deep within us. Um, that, Definitely. That, yeah. So, yeah. Fire in the like, community. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking this summer in, in the UK, it's been, it's not been the year for barbecues because it's just been so dry. It's been mm-hmm. crazy. You know, you, it, you would be, I don't know, you'd, if you're going to do it, got to be so, so careful. And if you want to start a fire, head to Ferris Journal on our website uh, and the best ways to start a fire. There we go. They said he was good. They said he was good. (laughs) I need to take a look at that. Best ways to start a fire. Because I usually just... uh, cheap out and just get like a little fire starter and throw it in the middle of like a log cabin or something. And then don't worry, we're we're all about the fire starter. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) It's the next steps from there. Okay, yeah. The lean to, oh, the inversion, never heard of that one. I'll give this, yeah, this is good. I want to, what I want to do is I want to do that where uh, you take a big log and you cut it with an ax into like four different parts and you put all the tinder in it. I don't know what. The Swedish. Swedish. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one looks fun. Don't know if I'll be able to accomplish it, but I've never tried that either. But I really wanted to. Yeah, apparently it's apparently you can't go wrong with it. It looks awesome, and it looks like it conserves the most amount of wood because you can get that thing cooking and just it burns the whole piece down. You don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool that. Yeah, nice. Uh, so we've got a chef for the collaboration, and we have Filson and Barbara. Uh, yeah. Keep, let's keep it at home. I'd say um, Barber and uh, Heikadelic. Oh, no, Filson. Eh. Get him out of here. No one wants him anymore. They're old news. Come on. hundred something years. No one cares about that. <laughs> the UK stuff around. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, with that, uh, do you have any questions for me to round, to round the episode off? Oh, good idea. Um, I do trees. Yeah, what's that? What do you think the um for for you having done this podcast for a while now? What's your like? What's the clearest um difference you've discovered between the, for in terms of attitude to the outdoors from your fellow country folk and mm. us us um, simple Brits? Well, it's interesting because when I go to like a national park or like a state park or something like that, I am not surrounded by the same kind of people. So when I'm talking to people in this scene, whether it's people in brands, go camping, any anyone, they're all very invested into it. It's basically their lifestyle surrounds the outdoors. So they're a lot more enthusiastic about it. And then when I go to a national park, it's just like a family who wanted to go to the Smokies because it's free and they're like two hours away. And it's like, oh, we'll just drive through and go on a hike maybe. 
Um, so I feel like the caliber of person is different. And then after that, I feel like in the United States, it's a lot more intense because um, mountains are taller. There's a lot more of them. The wilderness is a lot more unforgiving. Um, so I feel like it's a, it's a little bit more intense, just like make sure you carry your bear spray. And, um, you know, I, I see, I see people going out and cooking like steaks and and fish and pork chops and stuff like that. And then all the stuff I see in the U S is like MREs or, you know, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get some burgers or hot dogs out on the road. I don't know. Uh, it just seems to be a different, it seems to be a more rugged vibe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the best way to put it. Is it's a, it just seems a little bit more intense, um, the wilderness wise. Yeah, yeah that's which, which it, 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 that's kind of interesting because the family which have driven there, like I feel when we look at America, we're like the outdoors is much more a normal part of your life. Whereas over here, if you're into it, you're really into it, but it's not necessarily mm. the part of everyday uh, of your everyday person's life. My my question for you would be, um, uh, Farah Summer twenty three. What bit of gear do you want Farah to come out with? Oh, hmm. summer, or or, or or it can be autumn winter if you want. Okay. Normally, we have to pay a designer's quite a lot of cash to come with this kind of thing. So. Yeah, this one's free. Don't worry, guys. This one's free. Yeah, and if you can knock um, up the back, that'd be great. I would say something that I don't see a lot of people doing in this space, at least that I think is important for me where I live specifically is like sun hoodies or like lightweight, lightweight stuff like that. I have one yeah. from Arcteryx. It's very nice. It's the Arcteryx Apton, but it's black. And so it's not great. Um, and we, I work at a retail store where we sell a lot of like fishing shirts and stuff like that for uh, just like very lightweight, light colored shirts um, that, you know, are supposedly UV blocking or reflecting or anything like that, but also very lightweight and like easily dryable if you get it wet for like deep sea fishing or going to the beach, that kind of thing. But I think an actual like hiking, camping sun hoodie that's lightweight enough to block the sun, but also um, or lightweight to keep you cool, but also can block the sun is what I should say. I think that would be super cool. And I don't see a lot of people doing that. Mm. Yeah, I rocked my first sun hoodie uh, in um, in Cameroon. Oh yeah, Very uh, nice. America, a Howler sun hoodie. Oh yeah, we have Howler over here. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I I got it. Uh, I was I I, I super found it and got it. <laughs> yeah, it rocked my first sun hoodie. It was nice. It it, it was it was really nice. Didn't well, help on the shape body shape thing. I wasn't going to mention that, but yes, <laughs> not that flattering, but. Uh, for me, it, it was really flattering. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say that'd be my number one, number one pick, something like that. Oh. I just don't see a lot of people doing it. It's going no, down. I love that. I'm not sure the UK market is going to explode over sun hoodies, but exactly um, that's the thing is that where I am, I don't see people doing it. But sis, I mean, it's going to help us break America. Oh, there you go. You know the Beatles. <laughs> The Beatles <laughs> took them a while, but they did it. And maybe we can do it even better thanks to sun hoodies. You're the Beatles of Globcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah, anything else for me? No, thanks, Trees. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to have you guys on. 
And of course, thank you again to Neil for setting this all up. Please come on the pod. Um, I'd love to have you as well. And this yeah, is me absolutely. talking to Neil right now. <laughs> no, no, I will make sure he comes on. Yeah, we'll thank push, you. We'll push him. Yeah, bully him. Like really make him feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah thank you. This has been this has been great. Loved it. Um, where can people find you and all the things, all the films and guides and all that you talked about? Yeah, you can you can find it all at Ferra, spelled F-E-R-A, um, G-B dot com. And uh, you'll find, yeah, content, clothes, everything you want. Some people call it Ferra. We're hoping it's a Nike Nike situation, but uh... <laughs> Adidas, Adidas, you know, all the big ones are hard to pronounce, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Filson. Exactly. <laughs> Filson. Yeah, or Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well thank you guys again for coming on today it was a pleasure to talk to you cheers trees cheers yeah i need a piece of this about this one